Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. As Americans go to the polls to elect our country's next leader, questions still remain over which candidate is the better choice. But as you'll soon discover today, there are really more serious questions to be answered. Here to help us understand what's at stake is Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. Lincoln, what do we need to know? Well, you know, I'd better give a disclaimer right up front that neither myself as, a, as an employee of the Seventh Adventist Church or Liberty Magazine as a publication of the church could or should ever dare to tell people how to vote or to take a side in any political issue. We're not partisan in that regard. (laughs) But from the point of view of religious liberty, we can't help. In fact, I feel that I would be negligent if if I didn't uh, discuss some of these situations and the ramifications. And I've got to say, probably in agreement with a good percentage of the U.S. population, I feel that this current election is fraught on every front, (laughs) obviously discounting some of the conspiracy theories. Just looking at what's happening up front, the choice has never been more troubling, really, every way you come at it. We've got Hillary Clinton, a well-known political figure, and as I've said on a number of times on this program, in the past, she was very positive toward Liberty Magazine. She gave a a little message that we used in a promotion, a custom-made message. She uh, spoke at the Liberty Dinner and and was very supportive on some of the legal initiatives that we were a party to. You know, you're looking at Hillary and her history and what her legacy might be, and and of course she's part and parcel of the whole gay agenda, which has become very aggressively targeted toward Christians and their sensibilities. On a larger level, she's irrevocably tied to this present administration, and, and it seems to me, just as an individual, that the U.S. is rushing headlong into a global confrontation on many fronts, but in particular with Russia, the one Soviet Union, that's problematic. Mm -hmm. And of course, the financial scandals and even the uh, baggage of Whitewater and other scandals that follow her. So Christians, I know, are sort of confused when they look at Hillary. Well, I think she's a Methodist, has a religious affiliation, but from the point of view of a religious identity and some of the moral positions that Christians have, Hillary and and the faction that she represents, could be very problematic. Mm -hmm. Then you look toward candidate Trump, and what do you have? All sorts of misrepresentations, if not lies. You have a model of lifestyle that's way out of sync with what most Christians think of as a Christian lifestyle. Then adding a craziness to it, he's linked with Governor Pence, who is one of the uh, ideologues and the foot soldiers of the religious right, but more of their political action mentality, where they might pass any sort of a rigorous law to uphold a part of what they see as religion, but not be so keen to uh, allow general religious freedom. Mm-hmm. It's a, a horrible choice, and I don't know how the American electorate's going to uh, cut through all of this. Are you sanguine in believing that no matter what happens, we're going to be okay in this country? No, I would put it the other way. No matter what happens, 
religious liberty is in its last days. When you say it's in its last days, are you saying it's in its last days in its present form? Will there be another form of religious liberty that will somehow come through and that we'll have to learn to live with? Well, yes. There are many uh, legal changes that are problematic, and they're usually changes from a secular perspective that are restricting the uh, expression and and the prerogatives and the even favoritism that Christianity enjoyed in the United States for so long, even though the, the Constitution says separation of church and state, there was still clearly a tilt toward Christianity or religion even mm-hmm. in America. Well, that's I don't think that's really strongly there anymore. But beyond that, particularly since 9-11, we've seen essentially a re-examination by the society as a whole and a pushing of the envelope by some of the public officials that really changed the Bill of Rights, for want of a better term, in a greatly negative way. And I don't think the modern mind sees the rights of the individual and, and by extension, religious liberty the same way. I think we're set up to radically depart from the... uh, you know, the classic idea of the uh, American revolutionaries, like, you know, give me liberty or give me death, you know, here I stand. I don't think we're in that mode anymore. I've seen posts on social media on both sides of the debate here. I've, I've seen Republicans say, you know, if Hillary Clinton is elected, that's going to usher in the end times of the Bible. And I've seen the Democrats say, if Trump is elected, it's going to usher in the end times of the Bible. Are the end times waiting in the wings here based on this election, do you think? Well, you and I are Seventh-day Adventists. We know we're in the end times already. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, of course, you could be cynical, as some people are. Jesus announced the end times when he came 2,000 yes, years ago. Yes, yes. But relative to the large scheme of history, of course we're in the end times. But as Seventh-day Adventists, we believe we're in the end of the end times. Mm. But that doesn't mean that it's next year. It could be next year, or it could be uh, 10 years, 15, 20 years from now. We don't really know, but it's it's probably, relatively speaking, very close. But just looked at it from a point of society and the formation of a new political experiment in the United States, I think in many ways it's run itself out. Mm. And not because the U.S. doesn't have any options. I mean, it's a wonderful country with many possibilities. But the attitudes that formed the United States are not good anymore, and they've really been rethought, which I said before. I I don't think the liberal view of freedom and rights really is the prevailing view anymore. I don't. But why would you say that, Lincoln? Because it seems to me that freedom and rights has never been stronger than it is now. There are rights for everybody, no matter what gender decision you make, no matter what nationality you are. There seems to me that the younger generation, especially the millennials coming along, are open to anything. Everything is okay. Everything is is fine. Everything is accepted. Where are we losing our rights? What we're looking at is the devolution of societal norms, and that's very true, but that's not quite the same as rights. That's closer mm. to uh, lawlessness. That's okay. closest to just do whatever you want. Okay. Okay. But that said, and ironically, a lot of the, the liberal, those that have a so-called liberal mindset, they're really very narrow in their appreciation of what you can do out of the norm. And a lot of what passes for, for new rights are really privileges, protected privileges that will be used to move against other people. And, and obviously, the gay rights have already proven to be this. 
they're actively being used against religious sensibilities, religious institutions, and to not just cause them grief, but perhaps to close them. What I hear you saying is that there doesn't seem to be any universal rights. There are my rights, there are your rights, but there are no our rights. Am I right? Yeah. The view that not just the, the Reformation brought into the Western world, but the Enlightenment, which was really a higher critical view of an analysis of uh, human beings and their innate rights, that view clearly framed the United States. And I think that is not held by most people now. There's a license. People have a sense that, that do whatever feels right to you. Yes. And through law, some of that has been put into practice. But it's not deriving from a deeply held universalist view of the rights of others. I don't think so. Well, you made it clear in the program just now, Lincoln, that uh, Trump or Clinton are not treading the right waters here. They're not making this happen. Can anyone make it happen? Is there a human being on Earth who can come in into this milieu of, of, of chaos, as far as rights are concerned, and become a leader in that environment? Well, it's becoming harder and harder. And what must have occurred to somebody, I haven't read any comment this run around on it. It's always a bad sign when there is, there is a scarcity of natural leaders. Mm. It's one of the byproducts of a dictator, and I'm not saying we have a dictator here, yes. but that's one of the byproducts of a dictator. It's also one of the byproducts of a very strong democratic leader that doesn't take the time to uh, prepare uh, for a succession. I think it's also, go back to my view, I think it's also the byproduct of the loss of ideology. Well, even Trump, think about it. He's a candidate for the Republican Party, and there's deep dispute if he's even a Republican. Yes, yes, yes. And some of the, uh, the detractors of Hillary Clinton and her party claim with some evidence that the so-called liberal uh, Democrats have become quite repressive in their application of their viewpoints. So we're not dealing with deep ideology anymore. These are just people that have presented through the system, but not a very good field. And I think Trump did something no one expected, but it's very telling how easily he dismissed a whole field of wannabes. Yeah. It, it reminds me of a few elections ago, there was the seven dwarfs, they called them. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't a lot of really well-respected, well-known and charismatic, for want of a better word, public leaders. And that's got to be very telling on the society, not just on the government. I think we're at the tail end of, of ideas. That's what I think. Mm. And we'll live with it. But I, I should say that I don't think as far as prophecy and as far as religious liberty, there's a huge difference by whoever's elected. I think some of the negative things are already in process. Mm. And obviously the dynamic of real events will produce different results. But I don't think it's Elect this person, we're safe, wonderful things, or this other one, and everything's bad. And so we need to pray that whoever is elected, that they will reach back for these foundational principles and that the constituency, not just the passive people, but 
the constituency on whose behalf the government function that they hold them to account for these higher values like mm, religious liberty. Yes, you have you have shown what the secret is there. Us, we the people, there's where we find the actual power. We need to be proactive in this. How do we do that, Lincoln? How are we how can we be proactive in this situation after the election? Well, we can individually stand for moral values in our own lives and speak out for the US, the founding principles are in perfect accord with biblical morality. We right. need to speak out for these things. It's been said many, many times, and particularly in relation to Germany and, and its drift into a very bad system of government in World War II. Good men can't keep silent. They shouldn't. And people need to speak out, not in a screaming, riotous way, but in a way that holds to account our public officials and perhaps even uh, fill out their ranks with people that have a deeper understanding of truth, a true value, a true governance. And when we do this, and I can speak from experience here, when we do this, you can expect a backlash. You can expect people to come down on your case and be unkind to you. I guess the prayer needs to be, Lord, help me know what to say, and then help me to know how to react when people react to me. Am I on the right track? Absolutely. And, and we should remember that even in the U.S., it's more open than most countries. To talk about politics or religion is to invite dispute. Mm, mm. Some things are worth sticking with. Don't be intimidated just because the topic is contentious. It's contentious because it's important. Wow. Okay. This is Charles Mills, along with Lincoln Steed, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.